0: mean by that is, is some of you might be like i can't believe he's gonna bring this stuff up so today we i am preaching on a distracted life okay there's so many things in this life and so many distractions that we have nowadays i mean it's it's just it's ever prevalent ever present amongst us we all have them right and so I'm going to start in Proverbs, the fourth proverb, in verse 25. In verse 25, it says, Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left and turn your foot from evil. Now, the solution for distractions is simple, is it not? It really is. The solution for distractions is focus. It's what we decide as important. It's what we value. What we value... We focus our attention on correct. Now, we read the fourth proverb. It, 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 as it says there, let your gaze be strict, fixed straight in front of you, and watch the path of your feet, and all your ways be steadfast. Do not turn to the right or to the left. I always, I always make fun of men are probably more guilty of this, but really, we're all guilty of it. Men like to see if they see something shiny, we're distracted, right? Boom, shiny. Or uh, thank you, the movie Up, Squirrel right and the truth is is we're all that way you know we're all d- easily distracted and we, we we look at something and man it's like you know our attention is there and so and, and it's we could have the best of intentions on 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 being focused on something and and doing something and then guess what happens something shiny shows up and bam we're 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 fixated on something else right But he tells us there, he says, look, stay focused. Put your gaze in front of you. And I've found that one of the keys to success in life, just in general, if you have a goal that is set in front of you, if you want to do something, focus is absolutely fundamental in achieving any goal that you ever want to achieve. whether it be a diet whether you want to lose weight whether you want to gain strength whether you, you you want to do all these different kind of things whether it be you want to get you want to you know learn another language or you want to be able to do all these you have to stay focused on those things and and studying the word of god is no different and prayer is no different all the things that we hold valuable and and that we say hey this is important to me listen you have to be focused on those things or otherwise they won't happen and then you feel defeated Because, man, I quit. Or, man, I I, I just haven't done it. We haven't done it. What would you fill your time with, you see? Because you will, and I will, fill our times with something. It will happen. We don't just exist. We're not amoebas sitting on a couch. We're doing something. And sometimes we're amoebas sitting on a couch watching TV. Well, maybe instead of, you know, uh, going to the gym and doing all those other kind of things... You went and had a double cheeseburger. Well, you can't expect to get stronger, faster, or skinnier eating a double cheeseburger. That's not how that works. Right? Or if you want to know more about what the Word of God says and, and, and you know, say, hey, man, I want to know all this, you could have the Bible apps, you could have all these things, you could have all the tools, all the books that you want to be intelligent. If you don't spend the time to study, you're not going to get there. It doesn't work. The Lord doesn't reward laziness. The Lord doesn't reward people that, that, that can't get out of their own ways with distractions. We have to remove those things. I want to read some statistics for you. And I, here's, here's the irony of some things, okay? This thing that I'm holding up for you all to see is a tool can be very beneficial, can can it not? But it can absolutely be your demise. The cell phone can be a tool. It can be extremely useful. But this thing right here can rob you of valuable family time. It can rob you of sleep. It can rob you of focus, purpose, and intent. It is a black hole at times. I speak from personal experience, and you'd like to say that children, it's a black hole and the effects on children's lives. Studies are starting to come out. They are starting to notice that guess who is equally addicted to these things? Moms and dads. That children express frustration, the same frustration that the parents express when the kids are on them. The kids don't like it when mom and dad's faces are stuck to a screen instead of spending time with them. Oh, my gosh. How's this work? Listen, I, you know, I, believe me, I'm, I stand before you. I'm not perfect at this, but there are some things that I think we can do. So what I want to share with you is just some statistics, okay? Number one, in 2018, there were around 1.56 billion smartphones in sales. They did $1.5, $1.56 billion in, fart, smart, fart, in smartphone sales. Say that fast five times. In 2019, 50, 56% of all website traffic worldwide was generated through smartphones. okay there are 3.5 billion smartphone users in the world today there are 14 million jobs directly related to the mobile industry 66% of smartphone users are addicted to their phones you want to know if you're addicted to it put it in another room can you go to sleep if you can't go to sleep or if it's in another room you're addicted that's the God's honest truth. If you, get, if you get panicky inside because your phone is not in your possession, you've got a problem. And I speak from personal experience. There's a time or two in my own life where you're like, where's my phone? I don't feel right. Where's my phone? Hey, you're a little too dependent upon that thing. It's not good. If you get anxiety because you can't find your phone that's in another room, because you need to check the latest score or you need to check on your fake friends, and I use that term truthfully. Listen, if you cannot sit down, this is, I, I, the, the movie, I've shared this with you guys before, it's Kirk Cameron movie, it's called Connected, right? Isn't it called Connected? I think that's what it's called, Connect. I recommend it for everybody to watch. We have in this world that we live in, because you have friends on Facebook or you have friends on Instagram, you think they're your real friends. They are not. If you have not sat down with them or if you have not been able to go to to interact with them on a personal level, like in other words, if you sit down and we can go have a cup of coffee and we can have a relationship that is your friend. That is a real relationship. If you have never met somebody and they like you and they do all these things and you like them, if you've never, they are only an acquaintance. That is all they are. Friendships and relationships are built in person. Now, can you do some of that preliminarily digitally? Yes, you can. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have friends on social media. That's not what I'm saying. You just have to understand there's a difference. There's a giant and huge difference. All those things, you look at that. Look, it, it, is, it is challenging for us because you say, well, you know, they're my friends. Your friends, are, when you're having problems or you need help, your friends are the ones that show up. If you're hungry or if they need something, or your friends are also people, when you're acting a fool, they tell you, hey, stop doing that. That's detrimental. You see, what you get on social media, you know what you get on social media? Everybody tells you you're great and fantastic. You want to know why? Because that's the game we all play. That's the game we all play. You're so beautiful. You're so smart. You're so great. Because they want you to do that to them. It's a quid pro quo. Do you understand that? And nobody puts pictures or very few put pictures on there of a kid puking on them or pooping on them because that's real life sometimes. Or when you got three sick kids at your house and you know what? It's kind of miserable right now. It's all phony. Everybody's putting forth their best. Foot forward, and oftentimes it's a lie. At least, and number seven says, almost 10 billion mobile devices are currently in use. This one scares me a little bit because I wear foil hats from time to time. China is the leader in the smartphone market with 106 million smartphones shipped. That shouldn't come to many surprise, uh, uh, that much of a surprise to all of us. By December 2017, 97.5% of Chinese citizens accessed the Internet via their mobile phones. So they all did it. In 2019, 81% of American adults own smartphones. You go, oh my gosh, right? We spend 90% of media time on mobile devices and apps and 10% on the mobile web, which is true at least in my life. There were 204 billion app downloads in 2019. This one blew me away. (laughs) This is from a, a Baylor study, Baylor in Texas. It says, female college students spend 10 hours daily on their cell phones. <laughs> in general, listen. This is a generalization. Okay, it's not necessary. <laughs> you are in college. I mean, you know. So I'm just saying. But, and you are female. But you gotta, you know. So the point of it is, is you look at it, man. That's ten hours now. At the buyer's household, you would think, hey, preacher's got these things all figured out, right? We don't, newsflash. But every one of our phones, this is one of the corrective measures I'll give you guys, okay, that I put potential solutions. So the reality of it is, I may read a couple more of these, but the reality of it is, are we going to get rid of smartphones? No. Are we going to get rid of the distraction that everybody carries around in their pocket or their purse? No. So the reality of it is, is we have to manage it. And for some of you out there, you're going, I, that's not even a problem for me. I barely use it. Well, and that's good. Keep it that way, okay? 80% of shoppers use mobile phones, right? And it, Rather than going into the physical store. Thank you, Amazon Prime. Target pickup pick now, right? I mean, there's so many different things. So one of the things, and we talked about you know, Proverbs chapter 4, And YouTube was America's favorite app in 2018, by the way. So, parents spend more time on their phones than adults without children. Uh, That seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? The busiest busiest of adults spend the most amount of time on their cell phones. I was, why? It's a release used as an escape, so to speak, sometimes, right? Moms aged 25 to 54 have 70, 76% share by minutes on mobile devices as compared to 59% of the females without kids. It's almost 25% more usage on moms with phones. Now, a lot of times moms do share things with their kids and things like that. Dads are in the statistics, too. They spend 65% of their mo- their time on mobile devices, while men with no children only spend 59%. Hmm. Interesting, huh? So the busiest of folks, the busiest of folks spend more time on their electronic devices than the people that have more time. It's like, ooh, that's an interesting statistic. So... The point of it is, look, I understand that this thing – and I I am targeting the cell phone today because um, it can be a tool, but it can absolutely be a distraction, and it can absolutely be a detriment to our personal relationships, to our families, to reality, um, to – really achieving our spiritual goals and the things that God has set aside for us. It really can. It can also be used as a, as, a, as a benefit if properly tethered, if controlled. And so, that's, so the, those are the things that, that I'm looking at I wanted to share with you guys today. I wanted to share those, those, those statistics because when I read them, I thought, oh my gosh, man, that's kind of rough. Now, what you, what you will find out is they have still not done any long-term studies on these things. And so the distractions and things like that. And so you have, we have to be aware of what we're doing. We have to be cognizant of all these things. And so observations. How many of you have been at a restaurant where parents will hand an electronic device to their child at the dinner table? Why are they doing that? Keep them quiet. It's easy, isn't it? You know what happens when you do that? You condition that child that every time they sit down and eat, they get an electronic device. Or in, the store. or in the store. Or in the store. Yep. Now, I am not saying that I haven't done that a time or two in my life, but you realize you're like, oh, man, this isn't good. You know, they they seem to think that they deserve this, and this is this is what – and it's not their fault. They're kids. You're the one raising them. <laughs> right? I mean, so You're the one doing this. And so it's not uncommon. You see those kind of things. Now, I, one of the times, it's been a while since my wife had been out, just her and I together, but we sat and, and ate at a, uh, at a restaurant, and everywhere you looked in that restaurant. Now, it's, it's a little bit different. The, the demographic changes. The older you get, the less you do it. But in our age demographic, and, and younger particularly, you look around the room at a restaurant. They all have their phones out. No interaction whatsoever. They're this right here. Now they're they're at a dinner across from each other, from each other and their face is stuck in a phone. That's rude. It's rude. People have what's rude. I, I would agree and with you there. Don't have any idea. They don't. And you're right. And it... It is, so you look at that, but you you look at it from at least I do from the standpoint. Of you go, well, wait a minute. Do they they don't even realize they're doing it? It is rude. I'm going to tell you guys, it is rude. If I am talking to you, and you pick your phone up and look at your phone and start reading in front of me, that is rude. Don't do that, or otherwise don't come up and ask me anything. Well, it's counterproductive. The reason that part of you're together. It, Correct. And so my point is, is that that is rude behavior. Not only is it rude, it's counterproductive to having a meaningful relationship with whomever that you are trying to have a conversation with. Or, be with or be with. Yeah. So you have to set those things down and set those things aside. I'm sharing these things with you, not so that I could guilt you or shame you or anything like that. You have to hear these things because you probably already know it in the back of your mind. And you just have to have it reinforced. You go, whoa, hold on. Now in the professional environment, if somebody does that in the meeting, which it does happen, I stop the meeting. I wait. Listen, I've walked, we're, we're having, there's some of us in here that can't wait till break so that you could check the score Your Facebook or your Instagram or your Snapchat or any of those kind of things, right? Any of those. And I say score because that's the men one, right? Although there's no sports being played right now. So, (laughs) So, well, for, for the next week or so, right? There's nothing going on. They postponed spring training and all that other kind of great stuff. So you look at all that and you go, oh, my gosh, right? Well, here you are. We can't go. I've walked when other people have been preaching or teaching, there isn't a single one of you out here probably, or a lot of you anyways, that hasn't, when you got the Bible app up, or you got your Bible up, it's on your iPad or your, or your, your phone, you don't slide over and look at Amazon. And something co- pops up and you go, oh, I need to get that. Right? It happens. Doesn't make it right, but it happens. I've caught myself doing those things. I've caught myself in in situations that, that you're like, or you want to shoot somebody a text, or whatever it is, or well, you know, or, you know, you name it, you you balance your checkbook while someone's preaching, you know what I mean? It's like, well, okay, that's probably not a good idea either, you know what I mean? You know, you want to pay attention to the things, not that the preacher's that important, but maybe the words that are being spoken that are, you know, and it's called being distracted, It's it's turning your foot to the right, to the left, getting caught on those things, and it's Getting, getting fixated on those things, and we don't realize we do it. In the 119th Psalm, this is the, the scriptural, scriptural plan for us that we look at and hopefully can say, you know, in verse 15, it says, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Hmm. I'll think about God. So while you're here today, and while you're, you're, you're setting aside study time and prayer time, we need to be focused on God. And you need to be focused. I can't focus for you. I'm not, you know, I'm not your parent. I'm not your, you know, that's not what I, I just, I'm here to raise awareness. I'm here to bring these things up and share these observations with you and share these cultural kind of things that have been taking place. And that if we don't have some kind of physical barrier or some kind of awareness brought to us and do something about it, we will become victims of our own lives. We will become victims of the, of the distractions of this life. We'll become victims of the distraction that these things provide. We have to put the Lord first. You know, when, when he talks about this in, in our focus, we, the temptation is, is always there. You know, I, I always think of uh, in Matthew chapter 4 about temptation because, you know, of course Christ is the ultimate example of overcoming temptation. And in verse 1 there it says, And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he hid, here's here's something interesting. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. You know, I there was a time in my life where I had heard of churches doing a fast on TV, right? And I thought, why would you do that? That's, you can't fast from TV, right? You, know, you look at it from a literal standpoint of uh, fasting, right? Because you look at the scripture and it teaches you it's, it's food related, right? And uh, the delicacies of life and things like that. Up until here recently, I thought, I, and I almost, I almost was going to issue a challenge to the whole church to 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 digitally fast, to have a digital fast <coughs> take place. I, I haven't yet, obviously, right? But that's the point. I my point is is like I've turned a corner now where you gone, huh? I think there might be a little bit of wisdom in some of that stuff, and where you where you're deliberately abstaining from those distractions that are in your life. TV used to be a big one. TV is now child's play. It's not even, not even a concern. So, and here you have Jesus after he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. What's the importance of that? The importance of that is that his flesh was weak. It was, and he was fixing to be tested and tempted. Hey, some of you guys can't even wait till lunch. You get hangry by lunch. If you don't eat breakfast, you get hangry. By 11 o'clock, you like, I need to eat. And you copped a bad attitude and you've only been, you haven't only ate four hours. Maybe I'm guilty of this, you know. It's a, long time. <laughs> it's a long time. Can you imagine 40 days? And then your adversary comes up to you and says, Boy, do I got something for you. Because that's what he's doing. Boy, do I got something for you. Let me talk to you about this. And he says it in, in um uh, in verse 3. He says, And the tempter came and said to him, If you're the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Why? Because he was hungry. There isn't a single one of us in here that if you don't eat for 40 days and 40 nights, I don't care what it is. You know, our preference of no onions on this and no this or no that and all those fancy things that we like to say, I don't care what it is, we'd have ate it. Your preference is gone because at that point, it's survival. I'll eat whatever you put in front of me. Liver and onions, sounds great. As long as it's warm, I'll eat it. I'll eat it cold, right? After 40 days, I'll eat it. Now, you couldn't get liver and onions close to my face within 10 feet, but <laughs> but I'll eat it if I hadn't ate for 40 days. I guarantee you I'd eat it right now. Right. And he, in verse four, he overcame this temptation, but he answers it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that's Jesus. And that's the truth. So he tempted his flesh. He tempted him with hunger. The first and foremost thing that that drives every single one of us still to this day. Our food preferences, where we like to eat and what we don't like to eat and what restaurants we love and what certain brands we like and all the preferences that we all get to have, right? Because we got a lot of them. And you slice it and dice it, it's different for each one of us. We abstain from food and Christ says, nope. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on the every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The next thing he tempts him with. It says, And the devil took him to in, into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. He questioned his authority, didn't he? He questioned his power. It might be easy for the Son of God to say, Well, I'll show you. Show you who I am. Doesn't need to. That need to put God to the test. If you say who you are, right? And he says, he says that, that man, and, and he says there, you shall not put the Lord God to the test, tempting him with all. Well, we'll get to that one in a minute, but basically, he tempts him with his authority. He says, look, if you're the Son of God, basically, you, you can do this. He says, nah. It's not how that works. In verse 8, it says, And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and, and their glory. And he said to them, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and began to minister to him. Now, as it says there, that he tempted him with all worldly power, and all kingdoms man you could have everything take a look around you could have everything you could win the lottery you could be all powerful all knowing you know have all these kingdoms set before you he said no that's not how that works and temptation is that way temptation hits us in our weakest times it hits us in our weakest moments uh, it is something that 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 Christ gives us an example here is that, that we can overcome temptation. If he could be fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and being tempted at the level in which he was tempted at, he gives us the blueprint. He gives us the example to follow under and say, hey, look, these are the things that we hold valuable and we hold important. Christ put his Father first. He put his authority as most important. He didn't become fixated on the things of this life and the things that he could grasp and hold on, hold on to right now, right? Because that kingdom that he promised him was a literal kingdom on that earth, right? He said, you can have this right now. Well, wait a minute. Christ came to establish the kingdom, didn't he? He didn't lose sight of the message. He didn't lose sight of, of, of his purpose, his plan, what he was supposed to be doing. It says, "Go, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve Him only." Now, the thing that I, I I think is very important is in verse eleven. This is where I think sometimes as preachers we we tend to lose sight of some things because you you we have a tendency. Well, it's Jesus, right? And so it's Jesus. So you're like, well, you know, he's the Son of God. So you know, he gets all these things done. It's no big deal, right? And you look at it in verse eleven. It says, "And the devil left him, and behold, the." Angels came and began to minister to him. Angels came and began to minister to him. It was something that was very important. And it's something that took place that you look at and you go, oh my gosh, he needed help. His flesh was weak. The angels came and began to minister to him. So this was something that weighed very heavy on him. This wasn't... I think sometimes when we, when we look at it as, well, he's the son of God, right? So, you know, it's Jesus, right? No, we, we treat it as almost academic. Well, yeah, that's exactly how it should happen. No, it was, it was not easy. He was tempted in all things, Hebrews tells us, right? Just like we were. It was a challenge for him just as much as it is for us. And he overcame that. Overcoming temptation is very, very important for us. The temptation of a TV or the temptation of a cell phone, the temptation of looking at certain things that you're not supposed to look at on those cell phones, the temptation of watching things that you're not supposed to watch on TV, the temptation of instead of spending time with your spouse or instead of spending time with your kids, you're, you're tempted to, to try and disappear and alleviate the stresses of life via some kind of electronic device instead of your God. You understand that's the world in which we live in today. We alleviate stress and concern through prayer and through study and allowing His Spirit to work in our lives. We can't be naive and say that we're not all going to have phones. We're all going to have phones. We're all going to have these distractions. We're going to have TVs. We're going to have all the things that are there. But you must control it. And you have the ability to do that. You're not victims of your own circumstance. You're not victims of your own life. You have to take control. We have to understand that there are temptations that, that, that reside in them. Luke chapter 10 This one's a, it's, it's simple but good. It says in verse 38 of Luke chapter 10. It says, now as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Priorities and focus, right? She wanted to be at the feet of Jesus. Well, her sister was worried about all the preparations and everything that was going on with all that. Right? And you go, well, wait a minute. Are are any of those things bad? No, they're not. Are those the things that normally need to get done? Sure, they are. But we must understand that when we're in the presence of our Savior, anything besides worshiping at His feet is an absolute distraction. And we have the choice to choose between the two things. Doesn't mean that you don't have responsibilities. Doesn't mean that we don't have requirements. And all those things that go along with it, we all do, every one of us. But it's managing those things and understanding the priority and what is important. Being at the feet of Jesus is the most important thing for us. Learning and being taught by his spirit and being taught by his word is the most important thing. All those other things, they'll get done. But they have to slide down on the priority scale. And God has to become the most important thing for us. Now I want to share re- with you guys some things. You know, I uh, about three weeks ago, something interesting took place in talking about managing distractions. I made a concerted effort. Now, you know, there. Okay, let me let me rephrase this. Let's, let's start here. Every one of our smartphones and devices has controls in them. Screen time controls. I would suggest and highly suggest and recommend that if you're a parent and if your kids have electronic devices and you don't have screen limit times on them and filters on them, you are foolish. I'll just come out and say it just like that. Don't sit back and wait for somebody else to infiltrate your kid's life and minds without having some kind of limits and controls on it, okay? have to. Now whether that's digital controls or physical controls, right? We can do we can do both. You can go old school with it, right? In other words, you're you're keeping track of times and those kind of things. But you have to have some kind some kind of mechanism in place that you're controlling those things. It is I'm speaking from personal experience, okay? I'm not saying this because I got it all figured out. I'm speaking from personal experience, okay? You have to control those things. Time limits. I guarantee you every one of us in here spends more time than we realize on electronic devices. More time than you could ever imagine. So, what do you got to do? Our ah, first step might be looking at your screen time. Look at your screen time. Better yet, have someone else look at your screen time. You want to be real honest, let me look at it. I'll help you. (laughs) Nah, do it first yourself, (laughs) right? Or not just me, maybe somebody else, right? Have someone else look at your screen time. Why would I have you do that? Well, because, ooh, golly. That's kind of an honest assessment, right? When you, when, it becomes real then, doesn't it? You can't lie to yourself. If you're the only one looking at your own screen time going, that's ah, not that bad. Not well, I, okay, look, hey, I'm not going to – listen, I don't presume to judge, okay? My point is, is that you've got to – first step, go out there and look at your screen time. Okay. now for parents and for kids, for parents, you can actually restrict your own screen time. You can pick the apps in which you say, hey, I'm not going to spend more than one hour or one and a half hours per day on my phone on link, uh, not LinkedIn, um, Instagram or or Facebook or any of those other things. I'm going to do one and a half hours per day. I'm not going to exceed that. (sighs) Why would you do that? Because you're controlling it. Because if you don't have some kind of control in there, it will overrule you. At least that's my experience. I started with screen times on myself, and I thought, wow, I didn't realize how much time I wasted on this thing, you know? And it was really primarily Instagram, but, you know, you look at that, man, I spent a lot of time on that, you know? And so it's like, I need to tailor that back a little bit, right? So I started with screen times. Yeah, I told you I'm not I, – I, I don't – I'm not telling you something that I haven't struggled with myself. I've, everybody, everybody deserves a little bit of sack squats, man, you know? I think personally, but that's just my personal opinion. But, you know, you got to look at the screen time, right? You got to look at those things and you go, oh, man, you got to take a look at your honest assessment of those things. And sometimes you can look at TV, right, if it's TV or those kind of things. It's a distraction, okay? The next thing is is you have to monitor if you have children, you, you should be monitoring some, at some way, shape or form. You should be monitoring what they're watching. There needs to be some kind of a filter or something in there that you know what's going on. And I, I can, if somebody wants to hear why I'm so, I firmly believe in that, I can speak from personal experience what we've encountered, so I could share that with you guys, personally, in our home. And, and it's kind of actually it was amazing. But anyways, you have to have a screen time. Now, one of the things that we did about three weeks ago, interesting thing took place three weeks ago. Yeah, about three weeks ago. Wait for it. We went and bought real alarm clocks. I haven't had an alarm clock. I would say... Probably for at least 10 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? I use my phone. I have used my phone as an alarm clock at least the last 10 years. I'm trying to remember the last time I had a flip phone. I was at KSI, so and remember when you got flip phones, man, you were – you made it, right? Pow. But that's another subject for another day. And then then we we started going to smartphones. Smartphones haven't really been around that long. Ten years? About that, right? Give or take, a little? So for the last ten years, guess what I've been using? My phone. Okay? Guess what, out of habit, guess what I was doing? This is just me. I'm speaking for me. I'm not going to tell anybody else. Okay? Got those alarm clocks. Took our cell phones. They charge in the kitchen now. They're not next to my head. How many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you fall asleep with your cell phone in your hand or in your bed? Don't answer that. That's a bad sign by the way, shouldn't do that. Now obviously I understand there's some days where you just you pass out and it is what it is. I get that, right? But then there's some of us that, you know, it's almost like your little teddy bear, right? I had Kirby when I was a kid, Kirby. I slept with Kirby. Now Kirby's his cell phone, right? And so you look at it, oh man, people go to bed with their phones. In other words, it's right there on my phone, or it's right there on, it was actually on my nightstand. And it was, if someone got a text, boom, I was on it, right? If if someone sent me a text, I was on it, checking it, you know, so on and so forth, right? So one of the things we did was we moved those things out of the bedroom. About two days after moving it from my bedroom, God's honest truth. I didn't say anything. And of course, I made everybody do it, right? Uh, Because... What I noticed in my own family was we were getting out of control with those things. It's just, you know, and you say, well, they're using it as their their alarm clock, right? They're using it as an alarm clock. "Ah, Go buy another alarm clock. You can buy an alarm clock for six, seven bucks, and they're decent. So we moved them out, and my wife tells me, she goes, hey, and I didn't say nothing, but I felt better already. I was like, man, it's almost like, and she told me, she goes, hey, do you feel like it's like you're, you're, you're disconnecting in your own home? I said, yeah, I do. It was really an interesting thing. Now, I grew up, we didn't have smartphones. I didn't have all that stuff. But it integrated and, and, and has infiltrated our lives in such a point where it's like, man, we can't live without those things. And so, what, guess what happens? Um, now that I don't have a phone in my bedroom, I actually go to bed on time. I don't have an iPad or a phone in my room. So when I actually go to bed, I actually go to bed. You know what I was doing? I pick my phone up. Just killing time. I'm going to look at it for five minutes. 35 minutes later, and you're like, now you're like, oh, man, now I'm really tired. You know what I mean? And you know That's what I was doing. And so that's really, I share that with you guys. Okay, I, like I said, I'm as guilty as anybody out there. You look at that and you're like, ooh, man. So an interesting finding is is you take those phones, you take those electronic devices, you find a central spot in your house that is not in your bedroom and charge them there. Just try it, see what happens. Don't go to bed with your phone. Don't go to bed with your iPad. Put that in in another room. Some of you may have to do like I did, actually go out and get an alarm clock (laughs) because I haven't had one in so long. I went and bought an alarm clock, and guess what? You sleep better. You control those things. Put, understand the, the distractions and all those things. Now, can they, again, can phones and things like that be used as tools, and, and, and are they helpful? Absolutely. You can't deny that fact. But I only share these things with you with the living this distracted lifestyle. I share this with you all because, uh, hey, I'm not sitting in the seat of judgment. I hopefully I've shared enough with you all today that there's enough there that you go, hey, he's he's got the same problems as everybody else. Right. I do. Family wise, kid wise. I do. But there are certain things that say, hey, man, if you if you leave it untethered, if you leave it untouched, you're being foolish with it. We have to put some kind of fight up. We have to be able to do that. Look, it's the same difference of, look, we can't just eat pizza for every meal, right? Even though it tastes great. You know, if you ask my boys, they probably eat pizza every meal, you know? Why? Well, because that's not a healthy lifestyle. It's not good for you to eat pizza every meal or donuts or whatever it is. You don't do that. And so, you know, you got to think about that, those kind of things. Same as it is with the electronics and those kind of things in your homes and in our lives, Living a distracted lifestyle, it is hard. We have to do something physical. You have to. I'm just telling you, if you want to be successful at this, it must be some kind of physical restriction upon yourself, and, and if you have children, upon your children. You, even with yourself, you have to do something internally, inside. And something takes place internally when you do that. It's like your, your, your spirit's telling your mind, I'm controlling this. When you get in there and you set your time limits up for yourself. Oh, why? Because you're telling yourself, which is very important, by the way. You're telling yourself it does not have control over you. I'm only going to look at it for this long. I'm only going to do these for this long. Physical things. Do some of those things. i share some of those things with you because... They are distractions and can be a distraction for what's important for us in our lives. And the Lord is the most important thing. Amen. And don't let those things creep up into our minds and our hearts and get lost in the delusional world sometimes. Hey, I, again, I'm as guilty. Some of you already mentioned, I send the Squatch out, right? We're, you know, I think he's great. You know, this guy... Runs around and plays the saxophone in the woods all over the United States. And he plays different songs. It's hilarious, right? I think it's great. He's in a Sasquatch suit. And he's playing a sax. Right? I think it's hilarious. So I send that out. I wait for that guy, right? It's like, oh, man, look, he's in Billings wherever. You know what I mean? Or you're like, oh, cool. You know, what song did he play La Bamba the other day, right? And so, you know, I thought it was cool. It's an absolute waste of time. There's no question. There's no value to that, okay? And I, I'm not giving up Squatch right now, okay? <laughs> but please, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not giving it up. Best thing Dara ever did, well, one of the best things he ever did was show me Squatch, right? <laughs> but I'm probably not going to give up Squatch, okay? But I'm not going to be looking at Squatch six hours a day, right? He's only got so many posts anyways. And so... <laughs> You know, so you can't do it. Right. So my point is, is that you have to we have to grab those things out there and look at them and identify them, identify them properly in all of our lives. OK, and put some kind of a control on it. If it's TV, if it's iPad, if it's your phone, if it's an app on your phone, if it's Facebook, if it's if it's Instagram, if it's Snapchat, if it's what are the other ones? TikTok. TikTok, all those other kind of things if it's yep tiktok i know i don't know how to use it but you know there's some of those right but whatever it is all those things they will always be there and i'm not saying it you know it'd be funny if a preacher gets up and say you can't we can't do that those things are from the devil they tried to do that with the tv how well did that work it didn't work because it's foolishness right we can't talk like that like, Ah, tv's from the devil no tv's not from the devil man created the tv Men has been able to be distracted with you. Uni- we fell down. Mankind has fallen down before a block of wood. It's the same piece of wood that you heat your fire, you, you keep yourself warm with. It's the same, same wood that they use to cook your food with. We can turn anything into an idol. We're creative. <laughs> we really are. All I'm sharing with you guys today is, look, lead lead more productive spiritual lives. And one of the ways to do that is put some controls on some of those things. Manage the distractions in our lives. We all have them. And they're all different for every one of us. And put the Lord first in all that we do. You put him as the priority. He's the most important. His word, his spirit, the things that he teaches us from his word. And everything else after that. Just manage it. You have the control. You have the ability to do that. That's all I got for you.